I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. And happy holidays. Yes, tis the season for screaming, I guess, on the Talking Horror podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are doing all the things. And because tis the season, we are talking about the 2017 British Christmas zombie musical film, Anna and the Apocalypse. New morning feels different than before. It's dawning, this thing I've been waiting for, and I'm flying, my feet won't touch the ground, I'm ready, for turning my life around, I'm waking, spent too long. Can we get some some jingle bells? Yes, I can put in some jingle bells. Yes, that was... That was my sure. impression of Jingle Bells. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Jingle Bells. And I also get this confused with Anna and the Tropics, which I don't know sure. why, okay. but for some reason, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> when I was thinking about this. So uh, this film was directed by John McPhail, and it's based off of Ryan McHenry's short zombie musical, which I am interested in seeing what that is. <laughs> but this movie stars Ella Hunt, Malcolm Cumming, Sarah Schwire, Christopher Laveau, Marley Sue, Ben Wiggins, Mark Benton, and Paul Kay. So obviously heavy spoilers for this if you have not seen Anna and the Apocalypse. It is streaming free as of now on Tubi, so go watch it. It's a very cute, short, 90-minute little bebop, and then come and uh, <laughs> Wait, what is it? listen to us talk Nikisha, about it. what is it? It's a cute little short bebop. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, uh, watch it and then listen to us. Uh, But before we get into things, Producer Brian has a couple of words for us. So over to you, Producer Brian. Sure. Hey, everybody. Hey, YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you're watching us right now. Um, So what I'll say is that we are on all social media platforms. You can check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, at TalkHorrorPod. And then follow us on YouTube. Um, Check out all the stuff. We've got this past year, we've had a ton of great stuff, and we're going to have an awesome slew of horror movies for next year. So definitely uh, follow us. Back to you, Nikisha. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's get into it. We need a two-minute plot summary of this. So Jamie has on her uh, Santa hat. I'm going to designate this. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Watch the plot. I'm telling you, this is not going to be good because I, I can't remember anyone's name in this film. 
So that is absolutely if fair. you're ready for that type of synopsis, then I am here to give it to you. <laughs> Exciting times. I'm ready. All right. So I, ready. Will, I will time you. Ready, set, go. Okay, so we start with Anna, who wants to travel before going to college or university, um, because this does not take place in the U.S., uh, and her dad is pissed, and then we meet all of her friends. Um, her bestie is in love with her. Um, this, uh, this student who's, like, a transfer student is trying to, like, film social justice, um, but it's like not going well. Uh, there's this like romance between these other two students. And, uh, one of them is a filmmaker trying to help the social justice student. Um, that night's also the Christmas show because I don't think there's time in this movie. Everything's just all happening simultaneously. Um, and Anna has to work at the bowling alley. Um, and then we're also watching the Christmas show and there's like a weird, super sexy performance with a lot of innuendos that made me super uncomfortable for a high school student. Uh, and then the next day, it's just like a zombie apocalypse that like One seemingly minute. nobody has noticed uh, happened overnight. And then all of a sudden these students are like trying to figure it out. Um, there's a bunch of adults and some students at the school, um, but Anna and like her little crew of people have to figure out how to make it to the school. Um, so they're like navigating all of the zombies. They go to the bowling alley. They they see like an army evac is coming. They run into Anna's ex um, and he's a douchebag and he gets his own douchebag number. Um, and people are slowly uh, experiencing their demise. The principal of the school is also a douchebag and he lets zombies into the school because he, Ten, I don't know, nine. is a perfectionist, but also terrible at his job. And Anna survives. That's the plot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair, fair. That's what you get after many glasses of coquito, which is a Puerto Rican eggnog that I made myself. Well, you know, that is basically the explanation of how I felt uh, watching Anna and the Apocalypse. <laughs> what is going on? What am I doing here? I'm pressing all of the wrong things, I, I, and it's not making it any better. It's not making anything any better. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay, so, well, you know, she wasn't the only one who survived. What It was what, the transfer student who survived, and then and mm-hmm. the douchebag survived, which was Yeah, and the douchebag really survived. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so everyone else is dead except for except for them. So mm-hmm. let's go around. Tell me uh, if you've seen this before, and we'll get into our likes and gripes. Tell us what you thought about it. All of the things for Anna in the tropics. And now our likes and gripes. Uh, Brian, I'll <laughs> let you go first. <laughs> Um, sure. Um, likes. I love, once again, I love the title card and, uh, that, you know, I think horror movies like have done, like, I love the title card stuff. I think there's some heart to this. Here are my quotes. Christmas is becoming my least favorite C word. Great quote. (laughs) Um, the penguin dance is an A plus. That penguin yes. dance was amazing. Um, I love the uh, concept of the advent calendar showing the date. 
I like the, I, I, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I like the concept of, there's something about this movie, and maybe I'm just pulling too much from it, but I like the idea of the story being about these young people entering a world that is shit. So, like, they're all excited and ready. What's that first song called? Like, Breaking Free or whatever it is. Um, Break Away, Hollywood Ending, mm. like, uh, Turning My Life Around are all songs about these, like, anxious youths, um, you know, excited to just, like, get out there and, like, do their thing. But, like, the world around them is crumbling and they don't get the opportunities that their parents got. And I think that that is a fascinating way to take this if that's the way you want to take it. Um, and that that actually feeds into a little bit of my gripes. Um, I, oh, I really like that they showed that the bed was never made so that they never came home. I thought that was a really interesting way of showing that. Um, uh, Tay-Tay's fine. She's fine. That really got me for some reason. Um, <laughs> this movie is deeply upsetting. Uh, it's devastating what the headmaster does, and I kind of like that feeling in it. I feel mm. like... You know, this movie is trying to be, it's super gory. The friends die earlier than you think they're going to die in this movie. Spoiler alerts. Um, I, uh, I, I thought that was fascinating. Uh, the br- kills were brutal. Um, it was weird that they said Merry Christmas and not Happy Christmas, that it took place um, in mm. your, in, in England. That was weird. Um and uh, and so those are my likes. I I, I remember this. And, and so here are some of my gripes. Some of my gripes are that this doesn't make sense and they don't explain it enough because gap years are very much a thing in Europe. A gap year is can be taken at any time, but it's currently it's 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 typically taken between high school and university. So you take a year and you do that. I looked it up. It was it was basically became very popular in the 60s. Her dad seems like a hip dude. I and I am shocked that this was an actual problem with the movie. It feels like this was made for Americans in some ways because like that is I don't I don't really see the problem with her taking a gap year when it's a totally normalized thing like in Europe. So like that was a little bit weird. Also, she should backpack through Australia. It's amazing. I've done it. Um, so that was like a very weird thing for me to like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it because that's a normal thing that they do. Um, this, so a lot of this sounded like Dear Van Hansen. Um, Breakaway has a nice yep. hook. Um, oh, another quote. It's like Narnia threw up all over Oz. That got me. Great quote. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this movie was supposed to be serious or tongue in cheek song wise. The songs were good, but crazy cliche. So I wasn't sure if the songs were supposed, some songs were serious, some songs were not. Tonally, overall, I don't think this was like a well-structured musical in general. Um, I love, oh, here's a like, Bowling Alley is Thunderballs. Thought that was delightful. I remember sequences in this movie, not songs. Like, I do not remember these songs, but I remember like, the lunchroom sequence, the, you know, dancing through town when the zombie apocalypse is happening, uh, the the principal singing his song, I, but I don't remember the songs. I think they kind of work in, in the show, in the movie, though. I actually think this movie is really choppy and moves very quickly in a good way, and the songs slow it down. The songs do not do enough to move plot forward. Some do and some don't, and I think that that really slows down. Also, the tempo of a lot of these songs are slower than they seem to be, and that really slows down the movie. I feel like they, the movie pumps the brakes when the songs come. 
uh, oh, we followed uh, the hair uh, trope where Anna's hair gets more crazy, the more messy uh, everything gets in the movie. Oh, I would have liked more Christmas in the music and in the plot in general. Absolutely. I feel like... I feel like it would just happen to take place at Christmas. It wasn't like a full-on Christmas movie, and that's up for debate. We don't have to do that here. Um, the goodbyes in this are actually very sad. Like when they just wave at each other and like that, like deeply when they're hugging each other in like the room and she just like waves to them when they're being devoured is like really, really, really sad. Um, but these are my – this is my – I know I'm, I'm rambling, but this is my biggest gripe. I have a problem in musicals. When you give the douchebag or the the male the evil male character a song because it makes you empathize with them. The boyfriend who was terrible to her gets a song, and I do not like when that happens. Don't give a song to the person I'm not supposed to like. And that happens in Waitress when her husband in Waitress gets a little song. It's like, no, I understand the I understand why. Because you're seeing it through her eyes, the domestic, like the person who is abused verbally or um, physically, you're seeing what they see for a portion, even though you as an audience member know that they are not good. And I, I don't like that in musicals. Um, and however, they try to redeem him, showing that he actually had to kill his father, um, be, who turned into a zombie, um, which is fine, but that does not ever excuse his twat behavior before his dad turned into a zombie and all of that. Like, I'm sorry, it does not make up for it. And the fact that he survives at the end and, like, really doesn't learn any lessons, I mean, maybe he does because he doesn't let, like, her kill their dad or whatever it is. But, like, I just think that is poor, 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 poor writing. That should not have been the reveal. We should have known that's what he's going through from the beginning so that we can empathize a little bit more with him. And I, I think that that was really bad. And at the end, okay, they all survive, but where to next? Now that she's free, like, has she actually earned it? Like her I want song is like break away. You know what I mean? Or you could maybe Hollywood ending or whatever it is. But I, sure, she escaped all this, but she doesn't have she has an ex-boyfriend who she like kind of hates. She has this American exchange student who like ha was her friend and all of her other friends are dead. Her dad is dead. Her mom isn't there. Like I just don't understand what transformation she goes through from beginning to end. She's more badass now, and now she'll get to do a gap year forever. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't get that. Um, so, like, I enjoy this movie just from, like, sitting down and having it on. But, like, I this is my second time watching it, and it was so much better the first time than the second time. The first time, you're just kind of, like, excited and enamored by they're doing a horror musical or whatever it is. And the second time through, like, this is not well-structured or well-written. Some of the – I actually think this would have been much better not as a musical because mm -hmm. the songs slow down the movie and actually don't progress plot outside of maybe that. Caveat. Over-the-top villains like Scar or Ursula or the principal in this, it's okay for them to have a song. Okay, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> and that was definitely yes. parlor no, I, talk with Brian. <laughs> definitely parlor talk. <laughs> Come sit, have a drink. It's parlor talk. <laughs> but all good things that I'm glad that you said because we don't have to repeat some of those things because I absolutely felt the same way as far as this was my first time watching it and I said there is no structure happening in this at all. <laughs> what am I watching? There are things just happening um, that don't connect or, or make sense. 
Although I did enjoy all of the gore. I did enjoy all of the prosthetics and, uh, you know, all of the bloodshed and things. And I thought the singing was, you know, uh, pretty nice. I agree with you, Brian, that it seems like this did appeal to more of an American audience, specifically because the songs did sound like what musical theater is now, especially with, like you said, Pasek and Paul type of stuff. That's, that's what the music sounded like to me. But what I want to go through some of my uh, favorite quotes as well, because if anything, this is a wonderfully quotable movie, okay? And <laughs> my favorite thing that uh, the headmaster said, it was very early at the beginning when the two teens were making out, and he says, withdraw your tongues. Great line. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic line. Uh, and Hollywood ending, that was probably my favorite song of all of the songs and I guess that was because it was more upbeat but uh, Brian I when I was watching this I couldn't articulate uh how I felt really about the music in this but you absolutely nailed it on the head in saying that it doesn't progress the story so it absolutely does feel like things are slowing down when the uh Anna and her friend are coming out and realize finally realizing that the apocalypse is happening but they're singing that happy cheery song while everybody's being devoured behind them I was just so annoyed with it and it and I was trying to figure out why I was annoyed and it wasn't necessarily because I mean the gag and the joke is is that they're like living their lives and things are happening behind them like okay that's you know whatever but I think it, it is a thing of this this is not progressing anything at all and the song felt super long too it's like okay just realize that the things are happening so that we can move forward in the plot because what is this accomplishing besides you just really doing horrible bad dances in a graveyard on Chris like leading up to Christmas this is not it doesn't make sense to me. Totally. Yeah. Uh, another one of my favorite quotes was the government will sort this out <laughs> because, wow, <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, another one was Iron Man lives because they were talking about the people who would actually uh, live during this. And they were talking about Taylor Swift, Tay Tay, which you mentioned in your in your quote. <laughs> and then it, I just thought to myself, because this was what, 2017? So I don't remember when Endgame came out, but I was just thinking to myself, oh, spoiler <laughs> for Iron Man. <laughs> Sad day. Uh, I also love the uh, the F. Mary Kill, <laughs> zombie Miley, zombie Rihanna, zombie yes. Beyonce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just so great. Oh, and uh, Steph is my favorite character. I was obsessed with her. Mm. I love that she made the most sense as far as decision making and human behavior in this. When she's like, why the hell are you trying to pick up your phone? Like, come on. And she's just, you know, killing all the zombies and doing what needs to be done so that things can be so that people can be saved. So I stand Steph. I'm glad that she stayed alive because she made the most sense in the movie or or had the best decision making uh, things. Her. Her goodbye wave to her two friends devastated me. Yeah. It was really sad. Also, mm. I don't know if y'all, maybe just because I was half watching, but I didn't realize that the lady who had the heart problem was Chris's, who's one of the couple's, like, grandma, mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. right yeah. when we got to it, and then she was dead, and then I was like, oh, they're <laughs> related? I thought this girl was just helping an old lady, like, which is just being a good Samaritan, yeah. a good citizen. It was weird. I think at the beginning of this movie there was, like, a quick scene or moment where, like, he kisses her and says, like, goodbye, Grandma or something oh. like that. Like, I have to go. You, you must have just, like, like 
<laughs> miss that because I, I I remembered that from the first we watched it in the background this this time too because we had seen it already. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I don't think I even remember seeing that, but I I remembered when watching this movie that like that was the actual case. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, maybe I just kind of missed it because it was everything about it was taking me in and out of it, and I was absolutely distracted <laughs> and really trying mm-hmm. to focus sure. <laughs> watching uh, watching this movie. But I also agree with you, Brian. I don't understand why this had to be set in Christmas time. Like you could have just taken Christmas out of this. It connects it in no way. It's just to say that Christmas is a happy holiday, so let's just add zombies. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. But uh, other than that, though, it's it's an okay movie. You know, I liked the the songs were cool, but I think the structure, like Brian said, just really didn't make sense, and it didn't really draw me into it. I just wanted to see more zombies eating people. I would rather watch an hour and a half of that than... You know, these kids trying to figure these things out in a not so uh, structured way. So, yes. <laughs> Jamie? Yeah, I feel like most of my thoughts have already been said. Uh, one quote highlight was like the exchange student basically saying, like, to Anna, good thing your mom's dead, so she can't pester you. And I was like, whoa, oh, that was no. like so outrageous for like an otherwise, yes. I don't know, that nothing else seemed, I mean, I guess. Then the principal was just like completely unhinged. But like before before the zombie apocalypse, like that was pretty unhinged. Um, but honestly, here's my biggest gripe. But this might speak to more contemporary musicals as a whole. I feel like, and maybe I have ear blindness. Why does every contemporary musical start with the same song? I that was like literally my first thought in rewatching. Yep. This is a rewatch for me. I've this is the second time I've seen this. But, like, as soon as it started, I was, like, I know I've heard the music before, but, like, it just sounds like every other – this might be, like, a super hot take, and I apologize to all of the contemporary musicals that I both have and have not seen, but it all kind of sounds the same. I was, like, am I watching, like, Dear Evan Hansen again? Like, it just yes. sounds so similar. And that was a hot take. And, yes. and I don't know. I find that kind of disappointing because, like, Sure. Like uh, I, you know, I, I'm excited about the contemporary musical movement, but like, why, why is it all got to be like the same exact like composition? Just sound, it all sounds the same. It's like interwoven in my brain. And I can't tell them apart. So that, that was kind of, I don't know, disappointing. Um, and I also kind of felt like the lyrics were mediocre. Um, but in, it's funny because with the, um, with the villain songs, as Brian was complaining that he doesn't think they should get songs, I I don't disagree. I also felt like those songs were the most interesting and engaging. So it's almost like more annoying because it's like, man, I'm really like bopping out to the crappy ex-boyfriend song, but like he sucks. The song, like the content is like frustrating, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like grooving. I'm like, this is, I feel like I'm just having like so much cognitive dissonance of like, I don't like these characters. I'm not supposed to like these characters, but like, man, they can really bop it out, you know? And, and that like annoyed me in, <laughs> yeah, you know, bop it out. Um, so that, that like annoyed me while watching it. Cause it's like harder to have distaste for this character when I'm like jamming in my, in my chair. Um, so I, I also thought it was interesting that they have all like multiple like villain characters and multiple villain songs. Um, but it kind of made it feel more like amorphous and not, not 
clean cut. So I don't feel like all the baddies needed songs. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then the hair thing. I actually was remarking, when I made that note, I was remarking that the principal's hair got crazier towards the end. And that was indicative of him, you know, being evil, Mm. more evil. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, nothing, nothing that hasn't already been said. (laughs) Yes. Um, I will, I will also just say that, like, we may be a little bit more critical of musicals based on our backgrounds. Like, yes. like, that may just very well be the case. And, like, but that's just obviously how we feel. So don't at us. Not me. Don't I'm just some us. schmo therapist over here. But uh, I, you no, know, by but proxy, by proxy. <laughs> exactly. And we both agree with you. It all is sounding the same. And that is the problem with musical theater that I will not get on a soapbox about. But, Jamie, you are a thousand percent correct. And I will back you up every yeah. day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Jingle bells. <laughs> Which, can I just say, uh, coupled with Jamie's uh, beautiful Santa hat, I just now noticed Brian's Santa Jaws shirt, and I am obsessed. (laughs) Obsessed. It's a a great sweatshirt. Santa Jaws is coming. It's so good. (laughs) For those not joining us on YouTube, it is a picture of Jaws wearing a, like, Santa outfit with Santa's legs uh, being consumed by Santa, assuming the rest of Santa is already inside of Jaws. <laughs> there also is a wild movie called Santa Jaws. Uh, I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime now. Uh, that is just like, it's like very bad, but also very entertaining. It's like, it's like not even an hour and a half. Oh, uh, yes, and then don't forget about Violent Night, y'all. So we got to go see that. Oh, we still that, need to see that. We still mm-hmm. need to see that. Yeah. When it comes out. Okay, so let's get into our next section, which is mm, brains. brains. Which is so on the nose for this movie because <laughs> so many outsides, I mean, insides on the outsides, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I don't think we did any trigger warnings for it, but this is, this is a pretty gory musical, so if you... I mean, it's, and it's also zombies, so you know what to expect with zombies. Mm-hmm. So if that's not your bag, don't don't watch this. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it, but yes. So plus, it's like Let's zombie about, comedy, mm, so they'll like you know do the yeah. over the top of the gory. Right, exactly. So I mean, but even for it being over the top, I it wasn't super super fake to where it was just too, you know, off to the left. But mm-hmm. it was a fun time. I mean, I like a good, uh, you know, inside on the outside. So it satisfied my (laughs) (laughs) desire. So for our brain section, I just have one question for you, Jamie. And this is talking about the principal who wanted to be the headmaster and talking about when you are growing up in your developmental years and you are hearing from adults that you are a failure and what that can kind of do to your brain as you try to do things as you get older. And in this case with the headmaster, well, with the principal, he's trying to be a headmaster to the point of his own detriment because he's trying to run the school and the people inside the school, even the other adults, and then ends up kind of going crazy for that. So can you just talk about why hearing failure can uh, launch people into a state of trying to prove people wrong, but to their own detriment and to the detriment of other people? 
Yeah. And I mean, I feel like hearing those messages when you're young can do like a variety of things to you. I mean, it undoubtedly impacts your, your sense of your sense of self, your self-esteem and self-worth, um, like feeling confident in yourself. Um, for some people, like you said, uh, using those messages to like launch themselves into success and using self-criticism as like their form of motivation. But research actually shows that self-criticism causes more harm and like makes you less likely to reach your goals. And like, like we, we use that sometimes as like a motivator, but it actually demotivates us. Um, which is something I talk a lot about with my, with my clients. We talk a lot about perfectionism and how like the, the ways that it like, you know, makes us think about ourselves in the world actually causes more harm than when we speak to ourselves with self-compassion and empathy um, and encouragement and also like cutting ourselves slack in moments when we need to, um, that like those, those things actually really help move us towards, you know, whatever version of success looks like for us. Um, whereas like those messages that we're telling ourselves like, oh, well, we are a failure. Like that's actually causing so much more harm. And, um, and so like his, you know, his inability to be flexible, like he was so inflexible and so like rigid, um, in terms of like the standards that he was setting in like a very, uh, like not even realistic, I would say way outside of himself. Like he was imposing these, these expectations on students, on the other adults around him, even in a crisis situation, there was no flexibility to, to like the standards and expectations that he has. And I think that's again, where it can really be harmful because like not all situations are going to go the way that you want them to go. Um, and like, how can you, how can you readjust expectations in a way that like actually serves you, you know, perhaps in a zombie apocalypse, but also generally in life, um, when we set unrealistic expectations for ourselves and for others, we find ourselves feeling frustrated and annoyed and disappointed and like hurt all the time. And, you know, where's the moment where you're kind of like rectifying with that and saying like, okay, maybe there's something about my expectations that aren't working for me. What do I need to do to adjust? And that adjusting expectations doesn't mean that you have no expectations, that that's like what I would call black and white thinking, where it's like all or nothing, this or that. That's, that's very much the, the principal vibe I got was like, very all or nothing. It's like, it's either this or you're like a terrible student. It's either this or like, you know, these are the rules and like, there's no flexibility. Um, but that just doesn't work for other people. So I feel like a lot of those messages can lead to, um, you know, setting unrealistic expectations for yourself and others and, and a lot of, um, self self criticism that, um, is, is driving you, but also like causing a lot of harm in, in doing so. Yeah, that was a fantastic answer. <laughs> you learned something Thank you. new every day. <laughs> no, it was. I mean, especially because a lot of people don't realize how much 
you talking to yourself and, and feeding in that negativity from the things that you say to yourself impacts you more than hearing it from the outside person. I mean, I think that's something mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, applies to everyone because we all do it. And but something that you just don't really think about, because like you said, some people use that as a motivation, but that's not necessarily the case. It's actually doing the opposite of what you think that mm-hmm. is doing. So it's so wild, but very I mean, that's yeah, great. Fantastic. Everybody, if you need a therapist, goes to Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) She knows what she's talking about. (laughs) Fantastical. Well, uh, that's it. That all all that I have for it in brain. So, do we want to go into Rotten Tomatoes, guys? Yeah, let's do some Rotten Tomatoes. All right. What do you think Anna and the Apocalypse has on Rotten Tomatoes? Let's start with you, Jamie. Um, I'm guessing a 54. All right. Nikisha? <laughs> I was going to say like 20. <laughs> well, you're both wildly wrong. It has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. No. And the critics' consensus is, Anna and the Apocalypse finds fresh brains and a lot of heart in the crowded zombie genre, not to mention a fun genre mashup populated by rootable characters. Rootable? Rootable, be- rootable, rootable. R-O-O-T. Like, rooted in something right. more real, not, like, rooting for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. I got that. I'm still, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, okay. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but sure. Either way, rooting yeah. or rooted, neither apply. <laughs> I, this is a weird movie for me because I don't necessarily enjoy it while I'm watching it a lot of the times. Some of it I do. Like, I think Ella Hunt is amazing in this movie. I think that some of the relationships and character stuff in this moment in this movie is great. Um, so I'm enjoying it while I'm watching it. But then, like, I forget that I don't totally enjoy it when I'm watching it and I remember it fondly because I had good experience seeing it the first time so it's weird where like I know it's not great but like I remember it more fondly than I actually enjoy watching it it's a very weird thing yeah no it's just like the nostalgia of it it's just like I like it for what it is or you like it for what it is but it's still bad (laughs) regardless all right uh should we do our four s's Yes. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, we are going to rank these one through ten, and then we'll do our um, suggestions. Um, Jamie, why don't you start, you start with us? Uh, skulls is obviously mental health, human behavior. Scares is how scary was it, and shakes is how much will you forget it or yeah. remember it? Um, so for skulls, I have it at a three because I can't really picture a world where I wouldn't know that there's a zombie apocalypse happening and be dancing around in a graveyard. So that really bumped it down quite a few points for me. Um, And I just generally don't think that people are doing a ton of peopling, which is why the comment about being rootable kind of made me question. Like more, I guess, people's decision making doesn't feel rooted in reality. Um, So as much as the principle sucks, like I don't think that anyone would like 
open up a door to zombies. Maybe I'm just a, a you know, a glass half full kind of gal. Um, for scares, uh, I'm giving this a one. Um, it's not very scary. I think like, you know, some of the gory images are like, Ooh, gory, spooky zombies. Um, but nothing, no jump scares, nothing truly shocking. Um, for shakes, I'm giving the three. Cause as I mentioned, I couldn't remember a single character's name and this is the second time I've seen it. And, and similar to Brian, I really remember like random sequences rather than like the whole movie through. Um, so it's not really one that's like, you know, taking up a lot of space in my brain. Absolutely. Uh, for skulls, I'm going to give it a two for Steph alone because she was the only one who I thought made all the great decisions. For scares, I'm also going to give it a one. And for shakes, I'm going to give it a two because of that uh, Life is Not Hollywood movie ending, whatever, because that song was a bop. Um, All right. I'm going to give it a four for skulls. I think it's really trying to do something and say something. I don't think pun intended. I don't think it's fully fleshed out. I, I, I would have preferred a movie musical about zombies and young people and gap years. That is about them, like going into a world that has been ruined by the generation before them. I think that is a more interesting story to tell, especially around, um, Christmas time. Also, they're talking about all of this as if it's like June and they're graduating, which is not the case. And that was a little bit of a, a weird, um, uh, you know, thing to do. Um, scares, I'll put it at a two. Some of it was really fun gory i'll just like i don't i'll put it at that um i'm gonna give this a six for shakes um because i don't think i don't dislike it as much as the two of you do i I definitely have a lot of like fun watching it um even though it wasn't as good this time um and it will always make a list of like horror christmas movie suggestions or horror musical movies and maybe that's just because it's a limited list to begin with um but that that's i would i would make it a six uh for me um all right jamie any suggestions that you could pair this with um in like a walmart two-pack yeah i mean i feel like you know the the obvious ones would be Shaun of the dead um i'll even give you a three-pack Zombieland. Um, I, I could not think of, I, I at least have not seen another, uh, horror musical that I could think of that would go well with this pack, but y'all can prove me wrong. I just can rack my brain that I've actually seen. Sure. Uh, Nikisha. Okay. Jamie did take one of my suggestions, which was Shaun of the Dead. Uh, which I've never seen actually, but I feel like it's comedy and it's zombies and what? it would work well with this. We'll, yes. We'll, we'll have to do that. Oh my gosh. We're going to put that on the list. We have to do that. Great. We're putting that on the list. Excited. Okay. Uh, and then if you want just Christmas horror, Black Christmas. And then if you want just a horror musical, my favorite of all time, Sweeney Todd, All the Blood, oh. Way Better Music great things. I mean, I wouldn't pair it because the two are not, you know, Sweeney Todd is the upper echelon of everything, you know. But if you're wanting horror and musical and you want excellence, Sweeney Todd. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll st- I'll stick on the uh, horror movie musical train. Um Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, wow. Um and I don't enjoy it. I, I, I this next one I don't enjoy, but I know a lot of people do. And if you want pure camp 
and not good horror musical, but some people love it. Uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Yes. Some, yes. Oh, yes. man. Some people love that shit. That is not me. I do not. But, but <laughs> if we ever did it on here, I would tell you that my shakes is probably like a seven or an eight because I'll never fucking forget it. Um, the little blue vial. The little blue vial. Listen, Paris Hilton, yeah. man. Great. I know. I still, I at least remember those songs. How do I remember those songs more than I remember these songs? That's true. That's true. (laughs) Oh, and, and, but to me, the best horror movie musical of all time is Little Shop of Horrors. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. How did I forget all of these existed? Wow. Yeah. This, this, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that Sweeney Todd is probably the best horror musical mm. but the movie musical is not that great i would but Fair. like see so i would say watch the tim burton one it's great but like um seek out a local production or watch one of the um the live caps of a production of um sweeney todd yeah cool. all great things all right. okay well i think that wraps up this uh episode of anna and the apocalypse merry christmas happy christmas happy crisis uh happy to Christmas. all of you guys <laughs> happy Hanukkah. How does, happy how, does, Hanukkah. Uh, how does Camila Cabello say it? I'll be home Christmas. for Christmas. For Christmas. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that is uh, fantastic. We probably should have ended on that note, but you got to follow us, guys. So we got to tell you yeah. how to follow us. <laughs> yeah, follow us at Talk Horror Pod on all social media. Um, you can find us at um, uh, uh, on on Spotify, uh, on Apple Podcasts, ever we get podcasts, uh, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. <laughs> and thank, thank you. Okay, now you can sing the Christmas song. Okay. I'll then. be home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It never gets old. It's Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.